Hi, this is Jamie Pride, and welcome to episode 28 of the Failure Proof Podcast. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the podcast where we explore leadership, performance, resilience, and the mindset needed to thrive in the modern workplace. Welcome to the first of our Quick Bites, uh, short, sharp episodes that profile an interesting startup or founder. On this week's show, I'm joined by Scott Coe, the founder of Colorspace, a social enterprise that provides businesses with art as a service. I hope you enjoy this new kind of episode. And today on the show, I am joined by Scott Coe from Colorspace. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Now, you've been part of the uh, QUT Collider Accelerator program for the past uh, few weeks. How many weeks has it been? Uh, we are in our 10th week now. 10th week. Fantastic. So getting close to the end. Um, I really love your business, um, Colorspace. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So Colorspace is an arts social enterprise. And what we do is we help businesses create sort of refreshing, engaging environments by providing art as a service. So we bring in new artwork, all sorts of local emerging artists, and we change it around on a regular basis. A bit like um, having fresh flowers, but with art instead. Um, and how did you come up with the idea? Well, I was actually one of the people that used to sit in one of those corporate environments. And uh, I noticed one day that we had some guy who came into the corner every month or so and changed fake flowers in the corner. and. Oh. Wow. It was just bizarre because just some guy would just rock up looking quite daggy, change some flowers and then disappeared again. <laughs> and every time we talked about, oh, can we get new artwork in? Mm. It was just, no, too hard. We don't know how to do it. It's too difficult to make a decision. And at the same time, I was talking to a few artists' friends who sort of just had lots and lots of artwork sitting around. It was hard for them to get the artwork out. It was expensive to exhibit. It was you know, they had to pay galleries often to be able to exhibit their works. And I just thought, what if? What if I could work with local artists, find a way to provide art as a service, mm -hmm. bring it into offices and create something a little bit different? And that's how it started. Um, fantastic. And how did you go from sitting at a desk watching a guy change dusty fake flowers <laughs> to what I consider to be one of the more mature businesses in this accelerator. So, you know, you are, you guys are live, you've got mm -hmm. real clients, mm -hmm. um, you've got a product, um, which I love. Um, how did you get from A to B? <laughs> we, I started a very, very lean, so to speak. Mm. I, once I had the idea, I, you know, like sort of, I hacked together a website, got some business cards printed out and basically just called people and said, would you be interested in bringing something on board uh, to bring on some artwork? And it was only when they I got a couple of clients saying yes that I thought, okay, okay, I can I can make something happen here. Um, but I guess even further beyond that, I personally I've always been interested in trying to look at new ways of doing things. Um, even in my old job as a I was formerly a management consultant, it was ostensibly with an innovation hat, and I was always really excited by. Can we do things a little bit differently? It's not always for change for the sake of change, but can we do things better? Can we do things that um, make it easier for people, engage people differently? So I've always passionate about that. And just, I was in the shower one day as well, and just thinking about it and thought, oh, 
that seems like an interesting idea. I'd love to challenge myself and go forward. And what have you learned? So what's, firstly, I guess a couple of questions. What's the hardest thing been for you um, from being sort of a bit of a, a corporate escapee to mm. an entrepreneur? What's been the, the challenging moment for you? I think the biggest challenge is actually personal validation in terms of my skills and my value. Because uh, one of the things I think as a corporate escapee, so to speak, is in that corporate world, often um, our values are what our position titles you know, mm. are. And that's often something that's bestowed upon us by someone else. And so for ages, I was a, say, senior consultant, but I was doing work that was quite broad and it, 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 it is quite constraining. And so when I left in, and worked on my own startup, there was an element of an unknown am I actually good at what I'm doing? Am I really good or am I just thinking that I'm really good? And so a big part of the journey besides growing the business itself is also growing myself personally and saying, do I have the, the goods to be able to you know, grow and you know, improve the business as well? That's hugely insightful and I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle um, when they move, if they do move from the corporate world, which is very structured, right? It's structured in terms of remuneration, it's structured in terms of sort of an often performance management titles, there's a ladder, you know, you've got to go from consultant to senior consultant to director to partner. Um, and as an entrepreneur, um, sometimes you kind of have, they have that sense of discomfort, right? Which is, there is no scoreboard or it's a very binary one, you're either surviving or you're dying to a certain degree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the th there's been a couple of sort of major sort of mind sort of expanding moments I've had through this particular journey, and one of them was or letting go of that ladder and saying it's not a step sideways or a step down or wh whatever. It's always a step forward, but in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And so when I started Color Space, I had a very clear idea in my mind of I want to go somewhere that I have very little experience in, so I can challenge myself to grow again. And that was something that I always sort of came back to during those times where I thought, oh, like, am I doing the right thing? It was always about, no, I am going forward. And the second part was um, recently I was thinking even about the word founder. Mm. I wonder if founder is really the right phrase for, I guess, entrepreneurs. I think it might actually be explorer because it's often about going to space where there is no defined you know, directions, there's no clear path. And so a lot of what we have to do is explore and open up that sort of unexplored map for ourselves. And then through that, we might find something, but we don't actually start by finding something. I think it's a really good point, and, and I've, I've been pondering it for a while. I think there's a lot of language in the startup community. The word startup itself actually annoys me in, mm. its, own, in its own right. And I mean, ultimately, I think Steve Blank said that a startup is – um, an idea in search of a scalable, repeatable, profitable business model. And ultimately, it stops being a startup once it finds it. Um, ultimately, they're small businesses. And yeah, we do get hung up on these terms like unicorns and founders. Um, you know, I like chief experiment officer, CEO. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, but ultimately, you're right. I mean, as, as an entrepreneur in an early stage startup, you're really just conducting a series of experiments to see if it works. Absolutely. And I think that's the, uh, from this particular program, that was one of the biggest realizations and biggest lessons I learned was to reframe thinking in that order. Because one of the big challenges and one of, sometimes one of the biggest barriers is as a startup um, founder, going out, going to networking events, talking to perhaps potential investors or potential mentors, and then they come back with questions that make it feel like you have to know the answers. Mm. And sometimes I understand they're just trying to sort of get your measure, but it creates that environment of, 
oh, I need to know the answers to everything. Whereas the reality is that it's not. It actually is a bunch of experiments and it is about thinking of everything in that sort of a way. And that actually reduces a lot of the pressure. You know, uh, one of the biggest loads off for me um, through this program has actually been going, no, you know what, it's okay that I don't have all the answers. My price point, is that the right price point? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but it's an experiment and I continue to play around with it and learn and grow and do better. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of founders feel that obligation to have all the answers, especially when they start talking to investors. And the reality is is that they have probably more questions than they have answers. And and I think also that goes hand in hand with reframing failure. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of um, founders either are afraid to go out to market and test their ideas because you know, they may be told that their, their baby's ugly mm-hmm. um, or alternatively they see that as failure. Whereas I think as you mature as an entrepreneur and, and clearly you have, um, you start to view those, um, those customer contact failure points as actually um, pieces of really valuable information and, and ultimately that failure is actually another experiment and a, and a validation that that thing was wrong and you can move in another direction and you start to relish and cherish those data points. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I think for myself, I, I came to the realisation that if I think of myself as an explorer, mm. it gives me that frame to be able to think about those data points in a different way. Because it is about saying, well, everything is a new experience. Everything is a learning experience. And it takes a little bit of that pressure off me to, again, have those answers and just say, I'm exploring this. I'm learning about this. Uh, you know, once I've gone down one path and realized that's not the right path, I can come back to a different path and go explore in another direction. Mm. And it, once I had that pressure off, it became it, even more joyous to be a founder. You know, I, I approach each day with, of color space with a sense of joy because it is um, something that I can keep exploring. And yes, there are metrics about, you know, how long I can do it for, burn rates, all that sort of stuff. But again, it's not pressure. It's just here is, you know, a path. I'll continue to play to go down it. Yeah, and, and I think that's absolutely the mindset that, you know, when entrepreneurs are in the zone and they're loving what they're doing, even when the shit's going down, mm. that is, I think, you know, the 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 headspace that they're typically in. Um, so Colour Space, look, I think it's an amazing business. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, you've spoken to me about is this idea that we need dynamic, refreshing, engaging workspaces, you know, for people. You know, you, you said you're a former management consultant. Um, you know, so you don't have an art background? I'm no, I don't have an art background, which has been not a disadvantage, actually. Uh, it's quite surprising. A lot of the artists I talk to have been really happy that I'm not an artist because I can actually look at it from outside, I guess, the house. Mm. And with a more of a corporate background, it is a great opportunity to look at business in a different way. And so to be able to straddle that world of art, which to me personally represents new ideas and new mm. perspectives. So it goes hand in hand with my personal North Star of being able to introduce new ideas and perspectives into businesses. And so, no, you're right. I don't have that background. However, um, I do believe that uh, there is space now for, I guess, a bit of a post-digital or post-technological, um, I guess, world as well, where at the moment there's so much that's on tech startups. Mm. And there's so much that's on tech. And tech can do a lot of amazing things. But 
increasingly we have, you know, the anthropologists. There's a, a famous lady called Genevieve Bell, mm. and she um, used to be head of, I think, anthropology at um, IBM. And she would often talk about with, beyond all the big data, where's the humanity mm. in the whole thing? And so there's a part of me that thinks, you know, whilst we're leveraging technology to do better, with, to make it, you know, to grow color space and scale color space, at the end of the day, it's also about a human connection. And I just think art is one of those sort of glues of society that allows people to connect beyond a, an app. And it's not something, and whilst, yes, you can use an app to kind of scroll through images, nothing quite replaces a human sort of contact and engagement with something physical. So, yeah. And look, I, I really, I really love your business, and you know, you're right. It's, it's not a tech startup, but it's applying tech principles. So it's essentially yes. as a service. Um, you know, it's art as a subscription, and and so practically for our listeners, um, that works on a on the basis that that you go to a client site, mm -hmm. um, you look at a at a lobby in a in a workspace or a or a potentially co working space or or some place of business. You look at how many pieces of art they may want Correct. in that space. Um, you discuss with the client potentially what their preferences are in terms of style, color right. palette, etc. Um, and then you charge them on a per piece per month basis. Is yes, that right? that's correct. That's and correct. and then you rotate out that um, essentially collection. Is that on a monthly or a quarterly basis? Uh, it's on a quarterly basis. Some clients prefer um, six monthly as mm. well. But yes, that's 100% it. And mm. uh, we, we manage the artworks as a collection. And that's actually how we look at sort of growing the business as well. It's to be able to say these collections, this one collection could be around um, a particular story or a theme. And that collection is what is introduced to different businesses so that everyone gets an opportunity to engage with them. And, and look, you know, and I think, I think it's a fabulous concept. Now, you know you're right. Your pricing may or may not be correct. But I think it's really reasonable. So how much mm. do you charge? At the moment, we're charging $50 per piece per month. Yeah, see, I think that's just so reasonable for, for a refreshing, um, you know, dynamic environment and something that all businesses could absolutely afford. Mm. Um, now, there's a social, comp a, a social uh, component to your business as well. That's correct. So the way we work is 25% of a, each piece that's on display goes back to the artist as to be able to support their creative practice. And also the art on display is usually for sale as well. Mm. And so this is a, a new way for artists to be able to get that income. But we also do believe um, in the power of art to do good as well. So a further 10%, it goes towards art programs for disadvantaged or underprivileged communities. So an example of that is that we're actually doing a little bit of work with Save the Children at the moment, and we're providing an art therapist to a playground, which is in a, um, a, housing, a public housing district in Melbourne. And so it's a way of being able to give back a bit with the community through the power of art too. So... Yeah, that's that's our social um, impact element, and, and I think it's just amazing that you built in social impact from from the ground up. Was that something you thought about initially in terms of sort of wanting some wanting to have that element in your business and sort of connecting to a, to a higher purpose? It absolutely was, but we didn't actually go down that path right at the start. Um, for me, uh, my personal view on social enterprise is 
the enterprise is really, really important. Without the enterprise, we can't do the social. And so for the first couple of years of Color Space, a lot of it was essentially establishing the enterprise. Once we understood how we can engage businesses and how we can talk to them and figure out price points, it was only after that that we said, actually, you know what, now becomes a good time to bring, to actually enable that uh, social component. And so the ideas were there, but it's only been in recent times that we've actually introduced them because now we have that greater confidence to say, yes, we can do it in a way that is sustainable. Yeah, and, and I think that's absolutely crucial. I mean, you know, you're, you're benefiting businesses, you're doing it in a sustainable way, um, but at the same time you're giving back to, to the community, which I think is, which I think is phenomenal. Um, tell the listeners just briefly a little bit about your background and, and sort of where you've come from. Um, well, my personal background, I was actually born in China mm-hmm. I, and I came to Australia when I was six. And I remember my first day, I couldn't speak a lick of English. I could say yes and no, and that was it. And then, <laughs> and then six months later, I could speak English all of a sudden. It just appeared. Um, so from then, so basically I'm pretty much Australian, um, but I do have uh, a lot of connections, I guess, for, with my Chinese heritage as well. Um, but from then, I actually went on a bit of a strange journey, I guess. I, I guess I... Uh, at university, I studied business systems. I did a stint with um, one of the big four consulting firms and just realized that it, it, I didn't understand what I was doing a lot of the time. Mm. Then I went off and did a master's of marketing and eventually went back into consulting, but for the public sector. And that was where a lot of my background was. I did dabble in some startups back then as well, um, made a lot of mistakes. And uh, so Colorspace is, uh, I would say, my second startup. And one of the biggest lessons that I took into it was don't um, you know, test the idea first. Make sure that there is customers and all that sort of stuff. And so I, I, I think when I think back on my life, it was only been recently that I've had that clarity of what it is that I'm really about, which is exploring about personal development, about learning new uh, creativity and learning new perspectives and being able to meld all of those together to create something that's that's a little bit different. And so that's the thing that I guess ultimately drives me a lot um, going forward. Yeah, and look, I think there's a, r- a really... Um I don't know if it's just a strange coincidence, but there are a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who've got um, backgrounds in the big four and, and management consulting. I think it serves people well. I, like, it's not for everyone, but I think um, a background in management consulting gives people um, a level of mental rigor um, and discipline and a way of sort of chopping problems up and being a little bit more analytical, and they work you really hard. Um, so so if you were sitting here um, listening to this podcast and, and you were, you know, in a, in a, in a job somewhere <laughs> thinking that you had a great big idea what advice would you to give would you give to somebody who is um you know sitting in a nine to five job thinking about making uh, a jump into the entrepreneurial world <laughs> um you know what advice would you give them um i think the advice that i would give is to i mean getting into the founder world getting into the startup world is very involving it is very taxing um i think that um Looking at myself personally, I've had the great fortune of having a lot of that experience, which allows me to have a real safety net when going back into it. And so I think there's an element of being able to hone your skills and craft your ex- and understand what skills you have and what experience you have so that, you know, if you do make a jump that um, it's with purpose and with consciousness about why you're doing it and, you know, having a couple of different plans. It's an experiment, ultimately. All that said and done, I think there's a great deal to learn by going into that sort of startup world. But there's different ways that you can get there. Like you can, 
I think people can definitely do more within the their space as well. Mm. I mean, part of the the um, I guess the material that makes up founders and entrepreneurs is being able to create change within constraining environments. So within the nine to five, a good way to even test whether or not you know you've got the, you think you've got the skills for it is to enable change within the job. If there's something that you don't like within that job, that's a good place to start. And then as you go down that path and as you learn more and as you test more, that can be a point where you say, okay, you know what? There could be a new opportunity to do something different. Don't quit the job just yet. Mm. Go out there, test it. And yes, it will need a bit more work. It will need a bit of sort of late nights or weekends. But I think it's important to go out there, test things and learn about it first. And I mean, there's so many resources now to learn about how to test ideas, how to um, test sort of pricing or monetization and building MVPs and all that sort of stuff. And so before making that jump, learn all those things. If there's one thing that I could tell myself when I was, um, you know, making, before making the jump to color space, it would have been, yeah, go out there and read even more and just learn even more about everything from unit economics to uh, really understanding what it means to, you know, to get, say, a customer market fit, for example, mm. you know, or, um, sorry, market product fit. Uh, and, and, you know, playing around with all those things because the more informed you are, the easier it becomes to be able to make that jump or that make that leap with confidence. Yeah, and you, and you don't have to push all in, right? The right. idea of a side hustle, you know, is, is totally becoming legitimate and and ultimately, you know, learning on weekends, learning, uh, you know, at, at nighttime rather than actually having to, you know, take this binary risk. Um, so, look, thank you so much for being on the show. Colour no, Space Art as a Service, it's a real product that you can buy today um, and I'd highly encourage any of our listeners who are, um, you know, who have a workplace and, and want to brighten it up um, and, and support Australian entrepreneurs to uh, to uh, look Scott up and, and Colour Space. Where can people find out about uh, your product and, and purchase it? Absolutely. Our website is www.colorspace.gallery. So no.coms or anything like that, just colorspace.gallery. Uh, you can also feel free to email me directly, scott at cs.gallery. And you can find us on social media as well, Colour Space AU across all our platforms. Um, but also, if you want to just find me on LinkedIn, and I'm, I'm always happy to share some of my experiences and um, share perspectives and insights where I can. So if there's anything that, that I've personally talked about that um, you know, any of the listeners might resonate with, I'd love to just have a conversation and help if I can. Fantastic. And that's Colour Space with you. spelled in the British way, colorspace.gallery. Um, you're Melbourne-based. We are Melbourne-based, but we do also have a presence in Sydney and perhaps hopefully in Brisbane at some stage in the near future too. Oh, I'm loving it. Um, Colour Space, definitely a startup to watch and um, really have enjoyed watching you and, uh, and your startup um, really explode as, uh, during the course of this program. So thanks so much. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please spread the word and also rate us on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about me or the podcast, then check out jamiepride.com. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get all the latest episodes. Have a great week and please remember to take care of yourself.